Nobody remembers how long it's been since this place wasn't what it is now. The residencies, the turf wars, the corporate greed and pollution. There was a time when this place was just a hole in the ground where monsters came to protect what they cared about and heroes came to take it. Well, more heroes meant more monsters, which meant deeper holes and more stuff to protect. A wicked, self-consuming cycle. But me and my friends, we all make this place what it is. It might be a violent, ever-changing, corrupt hellhole, but it's my home. And by the gods, I love it. The cultures, the delicate dance of power grabs, the little guy climbing up to cut the head off the big guy and being the new big guy. So fucking poetic I could weep. For example, there's an election happening. The upcoming vote for the new Dungeon Master is right around the corner. The three-time returning champ, Ulysses Leish, a mean old power-hungry undead, and Tomlin Hothwell, a kind, warm-hearted little halfling with a smile that could dispel deeper darkness. I don't need to explain why Leish always wins. Who am I? My name's Bo Gospel. Like I said, me and my friends really used to be something. The last days of the hero. The last architects of power to hammer out the pillars that still hold this place together. One bounty at a time. These days I'm more of a journalist slash PI. Some people pay me to write down the secrets I uncover. Other people pay me to keep them to myself. My only real skill is ending up with my nose where it doesn't belong. But when that happens, it's good to have friends like I do. But this isn't a story about the glory days. Now nah, we don't have time for that song and dance. This is a story about power. A story about definitions and why they matter. A story about how deep you gotta go to get to the top. And that's just how things go here in Dungeon City. It was raining the night it all went down. It's not really part of the story, but it's a part I remember. The Sanctuary. You wanna find a place to define the good old days in Dungeon City? Sanctuary's it. Probably the oldest tavern in town. Don't matter who comes to drink. If they're paying, they get service. Old fella named Redmane Mikey's been the barman since anyone can remember. Pretty run-of-the-mill guy. Sanity's fading. Somehow he keeps the peace. Never forgets a face. He pours his drinks without counting. We used to head up Sanctuary all the time. Fresh off a hunt. Sharing tales about the trouble we made and how we got out of it. Folks would buy us round after round. We made friends with dwellers from all over. Green, golden, infernal, eternal. And we just faces at the bar. I miss those days. Anyway, it was raining that night. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. 
Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. The sanctuary hasn't been busy in a long time. It continues to exist out of stubbornness, like a stain you can't get out. The smell hasn't changed in over 30 years. The dim neon lights getting soaked up by the dark, shaggy carpet. The flickering of faulty wires, making beer brands wink at thirsty patrons who aren't around anymore. The tinkling of jazz piano competes with the broken static of the jukebox, as a tall, drunken thrycreen plays a sad, tempoless melody with three hands. The fourth pouring himself another glass of piss-red wine. Red-mane Mikey's behind the bar, hammering out dents from an old half-barrel keg and letting the music hit him harder than anyone knows. Wily Doorknocker, you're the first to arrive on this most auspicious of nights. How many years has it been since you've been here? Why, out of all the people in Dungeon City, did Bo ask you to meet him here? If it had been anyone else, describe yourself. With salt creeping into his pepper, his broad pusher's smile and deep laugh lines like the concrete canyons of this city, one could mistake Willoughby Doorknocker for a middle-aged salesman with an angle he can't sell. But the details tell a different story, one of hard luck, hard choices, and harder chems. His nicotine-stained teeth conjure images of summer. Summer here, and summer lost in the gutter where he spent his youth like a mark on payday. His dark, sunken eyes are sleepless, joyless, with red cobwebs in the corners, where spiders rest when they're not crawling on his arms. Scars and tattoos like bus station graffiti streak across the pale whipcord landscape of his entire body, covering the blue-green streets pockmarked with red manholes that never quite healed right, and hands that can't find a home tell all the secrets his mouth is running so hard to escape. Scabby, shaking hands. Killer's hands, though you wouldn't know it to look at him. You think back to that night, the night Bo became more than just another party member. You're looking top down on Claymore Avenue. You're 30 stories up. You're used to working the top floors, but there's no job here today. Just a promise. Your toes dangle sweetly over the edge of the rooftop ledge. The crackle of drugs still popping in the back of your mind like distant fireworks. The tiny packs of wolves that race down your spine fight back the cold despite the howling wind. You don't remember making the climb up, but you do remember your objective, a race to the bottom against yourself. Listen, pal, <laughs> far be it from me to deny the crypt cleaners their next breakfast, uh, and as much as I'd like to bet you might even survive the fall, I think maybe we should have a little talk. 
as Bo appears from the shadows behind you. You know, if I, uh, if I close my eyes, the spins will almost get me over the edge. I don't doubt it. The wind's whipping up here tonight, isn't it? I'm sorry, did I, did I invite you up here? I'm pretty sure this is a one-man show. I rarely show up where I'm invited. Look, I'm not here to change your mind. I just need someone to help me finish this pack of smokes. Maybe bounce a few ideas off of. Can I borrow you for just a minute? And then I'll leave you to your flying lessons. I've, uh, spent enough time changing my own mind. What brand? You know I only smoke Golden Rocks. He taps the bottom of the pack and a butt sticks out, ready for you to take. He takes a seat next to you on the building edge. Ground will be there tomorrow, I think. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. He steps back, pulls his sleeves down over his wrists and buttons them against the wind. Listen, pal, I uh, never got a chance to thank you about the other week when we was at that halfling barbecue. <laughs> Should have known it would have caused some uh, tension with the ogres. Must have been the sausages. But if you hadn't been there, they would have caved my skull in. I'm glad I can count on you. Can't promise they won't cave it in soon, but not that day. But that's the thing. You've always been someone I can count on when the shit hits the fan. And I got this job in mind. Something once in a lifetime. I made friends the other night with one of the maintenance workers for Ladracorp. Found a storeroom where the company has files on every single Halo District executive behind on their bills. They're ready to go to the bank and wage a war. We could sell them, destroy them, build a whole new future out of blackmail. Or even return them and be heroes. It's an inside job. We'll have to cut some throats. Have to sneak past some security. I know you're the man for the job. Wiley's picking dried blood out of his nails. Yeah, you're talking about heroism. All that fun stuff, getting rich. <laughs> I think you're talking to a kid who's not here anymore. But, uh... He opens up a small container, takes the tip of the cigarette he gave him, and taps it into some powder before lighting it, causing an eldritch blue flame to burst before turning red. There's more than one way to kill yourself. I suppose a pile of cash will buy me that anyway, right? I mean, <laughs> look, I just want this to be a success. And I know if you're there, that's what's going to happen. We're going to be going up against the Holy Towers and the people they have beef against. This is just as much a payday as a funeral waiting to happen. Win-win, hmm. I guess. <laughs> it beats kissing the cobblestones, am I right? Better to die in the end of the knife than the same gutter I was born. You can say that again. How long ago was that night? A decade? Two? It's so easy to lose track. However long you look down at the postcard in your hand, wrinkled from your pocket, the front of it has a shiny neon font spelling out Welcome to Dungeon City. The back is addressed to your home. Well, the place you're currently sleeping. How the hell did he know where to mail it? Now that's bow for you. The words are scrawled in red ink. One last favor. Sanctuary. Sundown. BG. Vivian Dethrow. Please describe yourself. Vivian is an orc woman kissed by years and a life of paperwork. Strands of gray peppering her topknot of thick black waves. 
The dark circles around her wolfish eyes betray the confidence her charcoal power suit projects. Her hands are full, nimbly balancing a satchel, scryphone, and a tumbler of coffee. Around her neck is a holy symbol of the Minnaus Corporation. The lights from the Halo District disappear in the rearview mirror of your personal luxury wagon, driving you into the slums. You lock the door out of habit as you pass by a series of trash fires and the half-giants that gather around them. They watch as the long black wagon slides silently by. Your driver looks back to make brief eye contact and ensure you're okay, but you don't return it. Your scryphone has three missed calls. You just checked it a minute ago. But you can't help but ignore them and look back at the text you got last night. No one has your company number but those above you. And yet the letters are there, clear as day on the screen. One last favor. Sanctuary. Sundown. Less than three. Bobo. The reflection of your face in the window blurs as you stare past it, out into the city around you, completely changed. You don't even recognize it anymore. You still think of it like it was, back then. The green glowing light for the Harpies Nest Inn is surrounded by the buzzing satellite choreography of wisp bugs. The sound of a siren is blaring in the distance, and the echo of dogs barking seems to prompt a dark figure to race across the parking lot. One window on the top floor, though. The light is on. The window is foggy. The moans and grunts from inside summon to mind the battle cries of the orcs and the rare taste of pleasures one can find in Dungeon City that's free and doesn't live in a needle. You roll onto your back, gasping for air, face red, breath heavy. Like a serpent, the narrow frame of Beau Gospel rises to a standing position, his silvery pale skin like a ghost in the moonlight. No meat on his bones. Thin, bird-like muscles. Built like a woman, not like an orc. By the gods, he was beautiful. He looks down at you for a moment, seeming to smile at the view, before he ducks into the back of the hotel room and returns with two cold beers. Where the hell did he get those? Well, you know better than to ask. And you have to admit, it's a really good idea. He passes you one of the two bottles. <sighs> Wasn't expecting that tonight, but I can't say I'm complaining. Almost makes you miss the adventuring life. You could say that again. Thanks for the healing, by the way. Scars are already closing up, but I think you might have opened a couple. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll bill you later. Is there something on your mind? You seem kind of distracted lately. Yeah, I, uh, been meaning to tell you something. I took the job, Bo. Which one? That one? Yeah, with Midnouse. No shit. So what, no more bounties? No more side jobs? You're living the big life now? <laughs> I mean, that's the dream. Hopefully no more night shifts. I think Midnouse Corp runs and dies on night shifts. Well, can't be any worse than now. Gods, I don't know what to say. I mean, congratulations. I'm, I'm real proud of you. But sounds like we're not going to get to spend as much time together. Especially not on the jobs. You're taking it a lot easier than I thought you might. Eh, nothing good lasts forever. Not in Dungeon City. Midness Corporation. Those people deal in souls. What makes you think they won't touch yours? You snap out of it, 
as the wagon comes to a stop, and the door is open before you. Outside is the familiar entrance to the sanctuary. Din Alman, describe yourself. No longer on duty, Din's hand snakes up to his armpit and feels his holstered hand crossbow, giving him just a little bit of relief. Releasing it long enough only to lift his hat up off of his head, he passes fingers through his hair, shifting from its professional dark to its natural ashen, highlighted with faint wisps of blue. His face changes, too. On paper, he's 36. But if you would look at him now, you'd see a man weathered by the decisions he has had to make. His cheeks, thin. His eyes, deep and bagged. Din Ullman may not have aged gracefully, but he's not as bad off as the badge that weighs down his chest, reading D-C-P-D. As you make your way down Trebuchet Street, coat clinking, breath forming fog in the chilly air, a pair of young yon move towards you from an alley. You look up to catch their gaze, and once they see the face under the wide hat, they pretend they were just moving to cross the street and slither away as quickly as they can without looking frightened. You hadn't talked to Bo in three years, four months, and 22 days. He came into the precinct to ask some questions about some recent murders. He was writing a story. He thought you were his man on the inside, but you told him you couldn't tell him anything. Maybe, maybe if he'd called in a favor, but he was just snooping around. Tonight, though, tonight, he called in that favor. The door to Sanctuary swings open, hitting you with a world of memories. The metal doors of the police wagon slam shut, your face is wet and warm with blood. The handcuffs behind your back make your dislocated shoulder scream out in pain. Across from you is Bo. He looks just as bad as you feel. Those goons came out of nowhere. And even the two of you are no match for a band of gifts during the blood festival. His eyes are closed. You're worried he might be dying. But suddenly they snap open, as steely and sharp as ever. He looks you up and down, surveying the damage. <sighs> to think, the two of you'd be spending the night in jail for a fight you didn't even want to take part in. He throws his head back and laughs. <laughs> what in the name of Malfar's gash did they do to you, pal? Any more purple on your face and you'd look like a drow. <laughs> he spits a tooth out. Could be worse, old friend. At least I don't look like you. <laughs> Changing my face to look like him. Ah, gosh, to have the power to hide scars, that'd get us out of some real awkward situations, wouldn't it? In my experience, it's gotten me into more. Though... I feel like I'm not using this tool right. Bo, can I ask you something? <laughs> sure, where am I going to go? Fair. You ever feel like you're meant for more? You hear the sound of a clank as his handcuffs hit the ground and he rubs his wrists. I don't know. You know, I've never been good at that kind of metaphysical stuff. I'm just living in the moment. You certainly are a man of the people. Or the person, as the case might be. So what's got you all sentimental? Did those gifts punch some thoughts into your head? If only sense could be slapped into me. No, I did something. Oh boy. Do we need a lawyer? <sighs> if only. I spoke to one of the oracles. I know what's meant for me. I know what I gotta do. And this, this is as good a place as any to admit to it. So what, you're diving into some paper trail now? I'm joining the force. I'm going in with both feet. No shit. Shit. A cop? Look. Dungeon City's full of holes. 
and I aim to plug him. Well, I'll be dancing in hell. I mean, look, if that's where your heart is, I'm all for it. I mean, if anyone can patch up the festering wound of the law in this town, it's you. Just, uh, just promise. If you ever put me away, uh, promise you'll let me keep both my shoes. He holds one of his feet up, bearing a torn sock and a few broken toes. You both look at it and laugh again. The postcard falls from your grasp onto the dirty bar floor. Vernon Decimus, describe yourself. Vernon Decimus is a rock gnome of 230-something years old. He stopped counting after 190. His equipment is a patchwork quilt of different shades of leather, different origins, but they've all been dyed somewhat grayed. His hair is unmoving. Whatever glue, wax, or petrification spell that's holding it together makes it feel like it was carved or formed out of the same conjured concrete as the stones here in Dungeon City. His eyes are covered by calcified carrion crawler eyes that have been fashioned into goggles. The only splash of color are the periton feathers attached to his leather pauldrons. The iridescent reds, greens, purples, and golds makes him look like a fishing lure. (laughs) There is a hook somewhere. It's just hidden. The moment the trap snaps shut, you set to work, hand over hand pulling the cord towards yourself. The weight inside is thrashing about. Probably should have used a kill trap. You stretch your sore hip as the trap comes into view, bucking around like a hooked fish. This is no dire rat. You know the signs. The sweet smell of their feces. The telltale claw marks in the corners. No. This is a demon. One of the little ones, to be sure. But either way, they aren't paying rent, and the landlord didn't give you five gold to paint a picture of it. Planting a foot on top of the metal box, you hold it still, using one hand to unscrew an opening, and the other to fish a blue vial out of your toolbox. You pour the holy water in using one smooth motion, The steam and hissing and infernal tongues only last for a moment. Dusting off your hands, you sling the trap over your shoulder and whistle for your pet to come out from the basement. You knew you'd find the prey before they did. And as a bonus, you're pretty sure you know an apothecary down the sepulchre street that'd pay a few silver for some demon ash. You almost look forward to heading home to eat the leftover dwarven hoagie in your icebox. But then you remember, you have somewhere to be. It's a good thing you were already working in this part of town, or you might not have bothered. Then again, it was Bo asking. You look down at the red ink on the postcard, and then tuck it back into your coveralls. You start to make your way down the narrow stairs to the main floor, when a loose board makes you slip. And for a moment, you're positive you're about to crack your skull open. You open your eyes years in the past, looking up with blurry vision at a door. You're crawling. Your legs are broken. One of your lungs is filling with blood, and the barb in your hip is riddling you with toxins. You were on a job. It was supposed to be a hellhound on the loose. Quick catch and drop. And as a bonus, you're pretty sure you know an apothecary down Sepulchre Street that would pay a few silver for some demon ash. But they didn't know about the manacore in the dump, and you hadn't come prepared for that. This must have been the closest place you could think of to crawl. Half alive, half aware. You knock with the last of the strength in your arm, knowing full well he's never home. No answer. 
You close your eyes and let the warm poison wash over you. You follow that pale ghostly road into the darkness where the voices whisper sweet promises, where surely joy hides in the shadows. A fist to your heart brings you back. Your eyes shoot open as you hack up blood. Bo's looking down at you, your head resting in his lap, groceries and rip bags scattered in the hallway. Don't you fucking die! You stay with me! The stitcher's on his way, just keep breathing, damn it! Why? Why didn't I keep that healing potion for emergencies? God's fucking damn it! God's fucking damn me. Bo, don't, don't be so angry. That's a lot of blood. In my professional opinion, I am gonna die. I'm just appreciating that it'll be in your arms. You just need to hang on, all right? Keep breathing. I don't know, think of positive things. God damn it, I wish Viv was here. Boa, breathing hurts. Okay, but I will do it for you. You know that little elemental egg we found a few weeks ago? In the traps? Yeah. When I'm gone, I want you to hatch it. I want you to name it after me. Vernon Jr. No. Vernon the second. Vernon. Burn 2.0. Yeah. He, even elemental trash like that deserves a go home. Vern, you're talking crazy. You're one of the toughest guys I know. Listen, you can make it through this. Motherfucker, you're asking me to stay awake and I'm just rambling. <clears throat> Boa, I'm just talking. Trying to keep breathing. That's good. Yeah, keep talking. Keep yelling at me. Call me names. Swear at me. I don't give a shit. Uh, Bo, your tusks never grew in like they should have. You're you're an orchid heart. You're stubborn and dumb. Vern, I'm an elf. (laughs) This blood loss is really making you loopy, huh? Bo, you're a good friend. You hear that? That's the sound of a wagon. Help's on the way, buddy. I, I think I hear the sirens, but I think it's getting dark. Listen, your story doesn't end here. You catch yourself on the railing before the stairs come up to meet your face. The pain in your hip returns as the feeling of the manicure's barb still burns. You'd all but forgotten about that exchange. Either way, it doesn't take you long to make your way out of the building and up the street to the sanctuary. You assume Bo will be waiting for you. And that's far from what you find inside. Sometimes in life you have to mix some chemicals that don't get along. Sure, they'll fizz, they'll boil, they'll shoot sparks, but that's when the magic happens. That's when the great mind starts saving lives. Floating to the top doesn't make oil more important than water. It just means they don't get along, and no amount of mixing will change that. But that's okay. They both have different jobs to do. Glory to the walls that hold us. Glory to the power that sees and seizes. We are the citizens of Dungeon City, and Dungeon City is our home. 
Glory to the man who has guided us for almost a decade. With might and majesty, courage and calculation. The lives we live today we owe to this man. So make the right choices in the upcoming election for Dungeon Master. Vote for Ulysses Leish. A vote for Leish is a vote for power. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, all you cuties. Welcome to the first episode of Dungeon City, a little project I cooked up in my mind earlier in the year and just had to run for my friends. And thankfully, it manifested between seasons to give us a little more time to be ready for Season 3 of LUQ, Shattered World. I'm going to keep the mid-roll real short, so please visit the LUQ.com for all relevant links you need for the show. And if you can support the Patreon, please do, so we can keep making the LUQ and projects like this. And please let us know your thoughts about Dungeon City as we explore all four episodes together. I can't wait. And I'll catch you in the next one. Besides a lonely insectoid pianist and the surly old man behind the bar, the sanctuary main floor had been empty. The idea of four patrons coming in, all within a few minutes of one another, was unheard of these days. But the look of surprise on Red Mane Mikey's face comes from realizing who the four of you are. His eyes dart awkwardly to a drawing hanging behind the register of five heroes clad in gear, clinking shot glasses with a full house behind them, collecting dust. Wiley walks up to Redmayne. How's it going, Red? <sighs> Wiley, it's been a long time. Has it? I have a hard time keeping track of that kind of stuff anymore. You have a hard time keeping track of your tab, too. It's still open. Is it? I'm sure I paid it off, like, sometime in the last, uh, few years? The books don't lie. All right, how much is it? Uh, I'm sure I got it on me. Look, I, I haven't seen a customer all day. Let's just, uh, not worry about it right now. But keep it in mind, yeah? Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, you're looking... thick. Always been thick. Thicker than usual? It has been a long time. Yeah. So what'll it be? Shot in a beer? Nah, nah, I shouldn't be drinking. I've, uh, I've been clean this whole time. He narrows his eyes, looking at you up and down. Holy fuck, I think you're telling the truth. He cracks a yellowing smile and gives him a wink. So vodka? Uh, well, it's after six on a Tuesday, so I'm allowed a beer, so, uh, 
Yeah, throw in a beer. Maybe back it with some whiskey. Don't want it to get lonely. Shot in the beer it is. And, uh, you know, just to make sure that uh, I don't get too riled up on the inside, you know, from only a single beer, let's go ahead and follow that with another one as soon as I'm done, if that's cool. You got it, Wiley. Yeah. The door swings open, and Vivian DeThrow enters the bar. Anything else, ma'am? Your driver is holding the door open for you, expectingly waiting for your orders. Her eyes slowly crawl across the bar and land on Wiley. Uh, I guess it's going to be one of those nights. Viv! How's it going? You're going to cover my tab, right? Tell Benson his dinner is in the remo. I'll be home late. Who's Benson? The driver gives one strange look to this surly figure. and Whatever you wish, ma'am. Have a good night. Does he have a good life insurance policy? Because I got a hell of a deal for him. We've got an undead package like you wouldn't believe. You're uh, preaching to the choir here. Oh, right. Right. I forgot. You're doing the um the corpo thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Midnouse Corp. Very nice. Very nice. Which one's Midnouse again? Is that the trash? No, no. That's uh, that's Spargosh. What? Are, are you sure? Because they seem to be letting any trash in there these days. Uh, Look, is uh, is Bo here? No, but I'm here. And I'm happy to have you here. Do you know when he's getting here? Or if anybody else will be coming? Namely, any shape-changing jackasses. Oh, gods. Stepping through the doorway and slowly taking his wet coat off, Detective Allman looks at everybody in the room. Mr. Redmayne? Mr. Throw? Wiley? I was just leaving. <laughs> I was just leaving, bud. Uh, tell Bo I said hi. Um, I'm going to just... He grabs the beer and immediately chugs it, throws back the shot, and just kind of tries to sidle by. You're lucky, you squirrely bastard. I'm not here for you today. Well, probably a good thing this isn't a dinner call. I don't think anything here is edible. At least, not intentionally. Now fuck me, I guess. Look, we're all aware of what kind of business this is. Fortunately, I'm not the health inspector either. You certainly never looked after my health. Is that a hand crossbow or are you just happy to see me? Jury's still out on that one. Look, I'm clean these days, so, uh, you know, other than a couple of beers, I, I don't do any of the stuff anymore, and that's for the best, and I know that in the past, you and I had a little bit of, um, you know, uh, uh, a bit of a deal going, and I'd like to not do that anymore, and uh, I can't imagine you're any happier to see my face than I am to see yours. Sit your ass down, Wiley. Not much ass there to sit, but okay. Bo must have called us here for a good reason. You've seen him? No, not in a long time. Of course that son of a bitch would make us wait. Vivian's phone rings. Sorry, I gotta take this. Really? That ringtone? Uh-huh. We'll take care of it. Why don't you have Grimwald do it? <laughs> oh no shit. Is that a Claire X27? Looking nice. Look, just uh handle it and uh send him flowers or something in a in a cushion. You know the uh tombstone gray, huh? Uh yeah, it's a company phone. Uh how much does that uh, get on the market these days? I wouldn't know. You're hungry for the wrong things, Wiley. Mr. Redmayne, 
One here doesn't taste like regret and sadness. Beer and a shot. Sounds good enough. Well, fuck. Redmayne, you have a problem. In my professional opinion, you have a rat problem. A giant rat problem. As Vernon stares at his old adventuring party. Put him off the clock. Redmayne looks up over the bar to see the gnome who just entered. Fucking hells. All four of you, huh? Said but true. Never thought we'd be so far away from home. This is probably the most painful trap we have walked into in a long time. You'd know. I resent being called a rat. We prefer confidential informant. I believe if you are a criminal informant, you do not advertise that at a bar. Hey, was, was. Now I'm just a guy. Yeah, just as confidential now as you've always been. Mm. You know, you're looking pretty rough. Do you think, uh... You don't happen to need any insurance, did you? I have my affairs in order, thank you. He's an ugly little man with an ugly little job, but I'd rather have him be on my side than anybody else's. As dramatic as ever, this is going really well. As the four of you begrudgingly find a table to sit and wait for Bo, Red Mane Mikey walks up with a hand on his hip and with his normal raspy two-pack-a-day voice says, So, uh, is Bo coming tonight? He told me you'd be coming. I, I didn't believe him. He was as drunk as a bugbear, but I guess he was serious. You got more information than we did then. Well, burn my whole ass. Got a couple beers and shots here. Anything else for you folks? First round's on me, by the way. For memories. Unless you can serve up a lifetime's worth of patience, then no. I got more of that in stock than I have room for. Ooh, fries! Chips it is. Yes. Also, hamburger? No. Reuben. Different flavor of chips? <laughs> yes. Sorry, Wiley. Kitchen's been closed for over five years. Uh, I got a vending machine. I'm hungry. Well, I hope you like pretzels. I don't. <laughs> I see you've developed a discerning taste while I've been gone. I've developed an appetite. You would be shocked how quickly you start eating when you stop the, um, substances. Always gotta keep that little mouth busy, don't you? You know, this has been really, really fun, but if uh, Bo doesn't get here soon, I think I'm gonna leave. I've got other places I can take abuse where uh, I'm a little bit more welcome. Dun, 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 dun. Love that tune. Yeah, what's up? Mm-hmm. Yes, what, why is that my problem? I said, what's the real? Fine. I'll have it to you first thing in the morning. So bug stomper, huh? There are all manners of pests in this city. A majority are bugs. Mm-hmm. You take out pollinators too? How else are we going to keep the flowers growing? I deal with the pests. If a bug is trained properly, they are of use. I feel like everybody's talking about me. I don't know. Are you identifying as a bug? New topic. Are you of use? <laughs> Even newer topic. Mr. Decimus, are you sure you're here for Bo and not the guy at the piano? I look over at the threat green. Give him a little cheers. He flips off the cop. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That is my favorite bug in the world. Red Maid Mikey comes back with a big tray in his arms. He arranges the drinks in front of you. And then he plops down a very large white metal box. 
It's almost shaped like a pyramid, but the top of it is flat. Very dinged up. Like it's been around for a while and seen some action. And the heft of the weight as he drops it shows that there is something dense inside. Bo told me to give you this. Made me swear on my life I'd drop it off, but not until all four of you was here. Made me swear not to mess with it. Swear not to keep it. Swear to keep it safe. Swear not to tell anyone. I'm just sick of looking at this thing. And I'm sick of doing favors for Bo. Washing my hands of this right now. I mean, obviously, y'all are welcome to stay and get some drinks, but uh, I want this thing out of here as soon as possible. Before you ask, no. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it does or how it works. And then he reaches into his apron and pulls out a cracked old crystal and sets it on the table. And that, that's a scry crystal. You know how those work. And that's it. That's all. He stomps off back to the bar, pantomiming, dusting his hands off. Detective Allman looks sidelong at the box and then toward Vivian. Miss Dethrow, Bo's not in there, is he? <laughs> I'd be careful opening that. Uh, looks like it could be a trapezoid. Uh, uh, uh. <sighs> that was pretty funny. Just a chuckle from a crane across the bar. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fantastic. It very good. Laugh. It's a second language is the right green the pest control. <laughs> it's on there. At a glance, there are no seams, lock, or hatches on this box. I put my hand on it. It is heavy and dense. Knock, 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 knock. All, all sides. Roll me an investigation check. Hey. That is a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't never seen no weird ass box like this before. In my professional opinion, that is not a mimic. I'm. Pretty sure it's a box. You can't snort it or smoke it, so I'm not surprised you don't know what to do with it. Hey, fuck you, buddy. All right? I've been trying to be cordial and everything, but frankly, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Habits are habits, and I know what kind of person you are. <sighs> Guess two years of being clean and working a good job isn't enough to impress the cops. Or are you one of the dops? I can never tell. Listen now. You can lie to yourself as much as you want, but if you lie to me, I can slap you in irons and bring you wherever I like. Hey, hey. Just get this thing open. I gotta find out if the next round is vodka or haste potion. <laughs> Grab crystal, poke crystal into box. <laughs> the crystal doesn't fit anywhere in the box, but once it's in your hand, you realize that there's just a message waiting to play on this scry crystal. Not for me. Passes it over to the cop. <sighs> oh boy. We all ready for this? Mikey reaches over and flips the sign to closed. Go ahead and activate the crystal nut. I, Detective? Almond. Uh huh. <sighs> yeah, Dick Nut. <laughs> How is everyone at the precinct? Just as hard to read as they were before. Life there's tough. I find myself wondering these days if who at the precinct might be a better question. I'm gonna tap the scry crystal to life. An illusory image appears over the table in front of the four of you. Bo stands in an unlit office. The shelves behind him look like they've been tossed. Books and parchment all over the floor. Drawers are pulled out of a distant desk, and he stands in an awkward silence for a moment, hands in the pockets of his long duster, before he clears his throat. Hey, guys. Yeah, first things first. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry for all of this. I know you're all out of the game. So am I. Just 
Just don't jump to any conclusions. This is different. This is important. He stops for a moment and takes off his hat and holds it nervously between his hands. Yeah, yeah, this is important. And and not just for us, but for everyone. As usual, I managed to get my hands on some information that I shouldn't have. I wasn't even looking this time. Just kind of fell in my lap. Let me tell you, once I saw what was happening, I was involved. He looks nervously upward as a light passes by the window behind him. I don't have very much time. Just listen. Take this somewhere safe. Don't lose track of it and keep it with you no matter what. They don't know it's missing yet, but believe me, they will. And I've got it all figured out. This is the key to changing things. This is our foot in the door for the right people. Just keep your eyes open. Don't miss anything. There's a loud pounding behind him. I have to go. Don't lose it. Uh, Keep it safe. And they'll be after it soon. They'll all be after it soon. I'm sorry. The image fades just as the door bursts open and a massive silhouette pushes its way inside. Bo leaps out of the frame as the recording ends and the crystal fizzes out and then cracks down the middle. A burner. Wiley is already halfway to the door, slowly backing away from the box. Oh, Bo, what did you get us into now? I don't cleave too important. I don't cotton to any of this uh, make things better crap. I, I have a job. I've got a, I've got a girlfriend now. So frankly, I think this is better suited to you professionals. And, uh, if you need any life insurance, which I think you will go ahead and give me a call. Uh, you can reach me at, uh, 1-800-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF. I'm going to look a little closer at this box and see if I can determine anything. Give me an arcana check. 15. Thankfully, you having the job you currently do have read a little bit about these. This is a blood vault. This is something they make in the Undercity. And they're pretty rare and expensive. And it requires a certain person's blood in order to open the lock. The first thing you notice is this one has one needle pointing in each direction. Four needles in total. Don't leave just yet, Wiley. His hand's on the door. Give me like half of a good reason why I shouldn't. Because I'll cover your tab. Just get over here. Alrighty. He turns right back around and walks right up to the table. See these needles? Had the miss. Never mind. I get back up and start walking towards the door. (laughs) (laughs) She grabs a hold of his wrist as he starts moving away. God damn, you're strong. And then she sticks her thumb on the needle facing her. Uh, If you needed my blood, you could have just punched me or something. (laughs) Don't worry. I've been thinking about it. As instinct, he's already slapping the inside of his elbow. (laughs) And then he realizes that she's using her thumb and goes, right, right. Sticks his thumb on. Bo, have I not bled enough for you? And then I put my thumb on the needle. I've had to swear myself to more difficult decisions. Place mine on as well. As the four needles are all introduced to your blood, the seams on the box slide open. There's a release of air pressure and a gentle hiss as the doors fold downward. Sitting atop the center of the box is a large, long-haired white cat with piercing yellow eyes. Kitty! It sniffles and sneezes as the bar air hits its nostrils, and a paw immediately rises up to be licked and used to wipe away the sleepy crust in its eyes. Wiley is picking it up. Oh, my little guy. Hello. He seems very uh, alert and studying everything around, his eyes incredibly wide and full of uh, cunning feline intelligence, but he seems pretty pretty amicable to being held. Ah, for my bloody thumb. He sniffs it. 
What the fuck? Vernon is going to readjust his goggles and try to examine this creature. Give me a nature check. That is going to be a 14. This is a 100% U.S. certified cat. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing in sheep's clothing here. The authentic package, which is actually fairly rare in Dungeon City. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course you could change the world. You're just going to change everything for everybody, aren't you? Din is shocked at the arrival of the cat, but more shocked at how delicate Wiley is being. My gods, maybe you have changed. (laughs) That's one hell of a purr you got on you. No, no, it's okay. Ow, 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 it's okay. The drinks on the table start to shake, along with all the bottles on the wall. The jukebox kicks on as a strange electric melody blares out of the old speakers. Lights fill the unwashed windows of the sanctuary, and the thunderous sounds of engines turn the street outside into a cacophonous explosion. Even through the booming vibrations, you can hear Red Mane curse aloud. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Dark, tall shapes fill the windows. The sounds are coming from all directions, even out the back door. A trio of eight-foot-tall gnolls crouch their way into the front door of the sanctuary their leather jackets covered in runic patches and long metal spikes, their fur blackened by the smoke of their thunder bikes. Piercings adorn every brow, ear, and lip, and their yellowed teeth curl into a smile as they take in the sights of the near-empty bar. The sound of the back door swings open just down the hall. You all know this crowd. The Jackal Napes. A bloodthirsty gang of thunder bikers who serve nobody but themselves. But they are well known for offering their particular skills for the right price. And you're pretty sure they didn't come here for a drink. White cat, he says, pointing at Wiley. Yes, that is a powerful sense of observation. Give it to us. I'm not in the habit of returning stolen goods. The largest of the three, possibly a leader based on the markings on his jacket, hefts what looks like could have at some point been a piece of scrap metal, now welded to a handle and sharpened at strange angles. Then bleed. Wiley flicks a business card at them. I think you boys are going to need some life insurance. (laughs) All right, let's roll initiative. Just throw me numbers. I got you. I got a seven plus two for nine. Fifteen total. Sweet sixteen. Seventeen. All right. As the gnolls leap into violence, the cat jumps out of your arms and ducks under the table in response. Faster than anyone else in the bar. Precious baby! And the gnolls go first. The jackal napes strike out, hungry for the blood of those holding their quarry. The largest one that seems like the leader bum rushes the table, slamming his waist into it, spilling all of your drinks as he brings his jagged weapon down on the closest target. Hey, I'm only allowed a couple of those a day. They're making a beeline for the feline. (laughs) Now's not the time! (laughs) The leader who charges forward brings his blunt weapon down with two hands on Wily's head. Coming at you with a 15. That gets me. Okay. Switching to two-handed. You're going to take seven points of slashing damage. And with his bite action, he's going to sink his teeth into Vivian. 23 to hit. That hits. You get chomped for nine damage. Max max roll on that one. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, One of the other gnolls runs towards the bar for a moment, realizing Redmane has ducked into the back and pivots to charge the cop. His favorite enemy. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to come down on you with both 
his weapon, and his teeth. Big roll is the weapon. That is a 23 and a 16. 23 hits, 16 does not. All right. Coming at you with 11 points of slashing damage. The last one moves towards the stage, pulls a massive jagged javelin off of his back, and hurls it at the gnome. And you're within five feet of one of his allies, so he gets advantage. Ooh. That's a crit. Uh. Oh, God. These boys are doing some damage. 12 points of piercing damage as a javelin almost as big as you are stabs into your abdomen. <laughs> Next in the initiative is Vivian. And at the end of these gnolls' turn, one more appears from the back hallway. As she winces in pain, her eyes become black pools. Viscous black ichor begins dripping down her face. Reaching out, she grabs the scruff of the knoll that's biting her. Let's see if this one has any outstanding medical debt. <laughs> and I call his debt due. Hell yeah. What that debt do? What are we doing here? I am casting a second level inflict wounds. Okay. Yes. Two on the die makes that a nine. That unfortunately doesn't hit his AC. He does have road gear and leather vests on. And nothing happens. Anything else on your turn? No. That makes it Din Alman. Grabbing the handle of his fencing baton, Din Alman says, You forced my hand. Focusing on it and trying to recall the tactics from fights previous, how his heart beat quickly, and how he was supposed to meet enemies like this head on, I'm going to use my bonus action to activate my fighting spirit, which will give all of my attacks this round advantage and five temporary hit points to me. Mm, you got that long Jimmy. I got the longest Jimmy in the lands. Long Jimmy. <laughs> I'm going to make two attacks against the knoll directly next to me. Okay. The first one is a crit. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> was the high? Uh, was the dice you were hyping up too? I know, right? I was getting ready for it. Unsheathing my baton and battering the knoll in the jaw in one swift motion. That is 16 damage. That's a mean blow to this dog face. <laughs> and can I do non-lethal damage with that? Yeah, absolutely. Sick. It doesn't make him lose any fewer teeth. My collection's running short. Bringing it back down, I'm going to slap him one more time. All right. Does a 12 hit its AC? It does not. After you so. knock some teeth and blood out of his mouth, he catches your baton with his offhand, gripping it tightly and snarling in your face. Vernon. Vernon is going to leap over the back of his chair, circle around the bar, and pull forth a bundle of spider silk and grick beaks. A net. <laughs> now, crud, to me! At the same time that he launches the net forward, a trash can is going to crash through the window of the bar. <laughs> it lands on top of the piano the Thrykreen is playing at. <laughs> I'm going to make an attack with the net. All right, let's see it. That's going to be an 18 to hit. That hits the null. Now, I took the sharpshooter feet, so this net is going to do 10 damage. Incredible. Because of the beaks. Because of the, the sharp old beaks. It's full of barbs. It's a sharp net. I got you. It is now restrained. And with my other attack action, I am going to get the trash can to unravel into blades, like a little spiral top, and head towards the netted knoll. All right. As the window shatters open, this moving mound of trash covered in the plating of trash cans springs to life and clambers with too many limbs, a horrible number of limbs, 
and shuffles over to the restrained knoll. It is restrained, so the attack will have advantage, and that is going to be a 21 to hit. That hits. And that is going to do eight points of damage. The garbage blades sink deep through the leather armor of the knoll, infecting his wound with horrible poisonous liquid from the <laughs> trash. Get him, crud. That brings us to Wiley. Wiley looks through the sheets of blood pouring down his face, and his eyes go red. You scared that kitty, you sick son of a bitch! And he immediately runs forward and starts stabbing him as fast as he can, throwing all caution to the wind. I'm going to recklessly attack. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to use my bonus action to rage. Very good. Uh, that is an 18 on the die. That is. Good. The knife he draws looks like it might have at one point or another been a short sword. And after years and years and years of use and sharpening, it now looks like a dagger with an unusually large hilt. <laughs> it is carven with runes and looks like at some point it might have been important to somebody. But now it's just a tool for murder. And as he jams it into the knoll, he seems to be screaming in bloody fury. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to do plus one damage because it is, in fact, a magic weapon. Hell yes. That is going to be a D6 plus raging. And sneak attack. And sneak attack. All right. Because <laughs> Vivian is right there. That is going to be 3d6 plus six. Hell yes. Six, three, one. That is 16 total. That is a hefty knife wound as you bury several one after another repetitive jabs into the Null's chest, puncturing lung, stabbing intestine. Realizing he is now practically flanked by a lot of enemies and knowing he can't get away without getting struck, he's just going to kind of stand there and seethe. Yeah. As the silence of the sanctuary is filled with the thunderous sounds of battle and the explosive booms of bikes out in the street, you see the shadows of more knolls forming outside the windows and the sounds of combat from the alley behind you. I may be skinny as an ink pen and getting up there in years, but let me tell you, there's nothing like a good scrap. I mean, I'm a writer, a truth seeker, and a fact finder. I'm not built for the rough and tumble. But it's always had a way of finding me. And I don't regret it. There's no hole in your life so deep that a good punch to the neck or a knife to the thigh won't pull you out of it, kicking and screaming to remind you what it feels like to be alive. No other endorphins come close. That said, nine out of ten times I'll avoid a fight if I can talk my way out of it. But there's nothing shy of the gods themselves that can sway me out of that last one. It's a wonder I'm still alive. I guess it helps to have friends. As tough as mine. Yeah, let's do post. Let's do quick, quick, basic post. Sounds good. Dungeon City post. Welcome yeah. to Dungeon City, baby. Woo! We did yeah. the suburb. Side note: I reduce Hello. his uh, movement by ten feet. Noted. Ah, well, <laughs> you stab him in the chest tendons that control his legs. I mean, sudden blood loss will fuck with your ability to run. That's the problem fair. is the knife is still there, and you're still holding it. <laughs> right. <laughs>
He's going to have to spend 10 feet of movement to get free of the knife. He's going to say, he's so much bigger than you. He's just dragging you around places. <laughs> I didn't think about this. So this is my first time seeing the map as well as all of you. Thank you, Bree, for doing this beautiful map for me. It's so cool. Of it Sanctuary. just brought me to fucking dingy dive bar, and I love it. Mm. I didn't know she'd do the full detail of everything on the tables, but I had a hunch <laughs> that she might, and I love it. It looks so good. Yeah. This is going to be juicy Patreon content. Why are people busting their tables? Did right? you say Picantent? Picantent? I, I like that. fucking love picantent. Spicy content. Are we, are we making spicy content? Spicy Always. content. Have we not been? Did you hear Dana's background story? <laughs> That's true. How many cum jokes do we make on a regular basis? I mean, your last name's Nut. We definitely earn our explicit tag. <laughs> I, I was thinking like, like, yeah, Detective Allman, Dick Nut. Dick but like nut. when you're private... Almond, it's not God. any better. Private mm. dick nut. Good thing you didn't join the Dungeon City military. God, seriously. <laughs> uh, we want to still around and do so like quick favy momos from the first episode. I don't know. It's yeah. hard to say. Like <laughs> a lot of expletive. I really love the finishing, the finishing monologue in the first half. It just really beautifully said, beautifully written. I just adored it. Thank you. I like ending on a monologue. Mm -hmm. The idea of having Bo being kind of like an ever-present narrator who's like aware of things, but not part of the story. I really like the atmosphere. I think if, if I boiled it down, one of the, that good, good time was when the uh, motorcycle sounds came. Mm. Yeah. Cause yep. you know, the tension was rising, rising, rising. You know, somebody was about to leave. We're like, oh, should we? It's a little kitty cat in the, in the hand. And then. Your sense of timing is excellent. That, that was pretty good. That was, that was a good shifting a gear also reminding everyone like oh shit there's there's yeah. a setting where there's things like motorcycles yeah <laughs> where there's motorcycle knoll gangs thunder bikes Th thunder bikes i love mm. that the witches use their broomsticks and they're made of metal <laughs> and they leave smoke behind them mm. they're so good i loved the moment when <laughs> while three assholes were hashing out old problems dana was like i gotta take a work call <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> I've seen this so many fucking times. I don't have the patience for it. I have a job to do. <laughs> I do like the the contrast of y'all like just blowing in from shit street and Dana's got like a personal driver yep. and holding an umbrella for her. Yep. Love it. Love it. You're going to pay my tab, right? <laughs> I'm really excited to be playing a character, especially somebody who's so different from all the characters I've been playing. Like, I don't get to play fucking excited, weird, like, just bizarre characters, and I'm just happy. Sleaze, yeah, Sleaze is so fun to roleplay. Sleaze is so <laughs> fun. Yeah. Those are always my favorite characters in shows, are the real, the real grease balls. Hell yeah. And one shots yeah. are always just a good opportunity to just try something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Bree, for this beautiful map, and the next map we'll use later on in this episode, a chapter section chunk. Mm -hmm. um, and thank you, Sam, the Ediger Hediger. Uh, for editing this episode is going to be great. I already know you're going to kill it. And uh, until next time, the city's shitty. <laughs> <laughs>